Well, hello, how are you? This is Danny Smith of DK Ministries, and I am your Bible teacher today, and I am glad you've tuned in. And today, uh, we finish a study that I've been doing in the book of Romans, and we haven't always done it on the podcast. We have kind of dipped in and out, done some other things, but we're going to bring you the conclusion of this study because uh, we're going to move on to study something else on the podcast after today. But we are glad you've tuned in. I hope things are going well. I hope your new year is off to a good start. If you can find your copy of God's Word, if, you, if you've got it close, if you'll open to Romans chapter 16. Now, while we'll be discussing the whole chapter, it's really things that happened in the chapter, things we learned in the chapter, we're going to read beginning in verse 25 and ending in verse 27. So Romans 16, verse 25 through 27, give you a moment to find it. Uh, you can contact us here at DK Ministries by emailing us at dspreacherman at gmail.com, all or a case dspreacherman at gmail.com all lowercase. You can also look us up on the Facebook as my friend says. I hadn't said that in a while. And uh, DK Mission's Facebook and you'll find there uh, a morning devotional thought. We've been working on that since the first of the year. I think I told you it was coming. It has uh, has arrived. <laughs> We've been doing that and I'm thankful for those who've been uh, watching or listening. Uh, that's probably the preferred way uh, to uh go through that video is to listen and watch but but anyway i appreciate so much so who's been uh partaking of the opportunity to listen to that we have been encouraging people to read god's word and i hope if you started reading god's word since the first of the year you are you're on track and on your way and have made it uh 10 days and we'll make this the 11th day i i'm not asking you to do anything that i'm not doing today my bible reading just to let you know is in second samuel verses one through three i i, I go with a, a bible reading plan where i read three chapters a day minimum and then every once in a while i'll read an extra chapter or so uh because the, to have the bible read you have to read 3.2 chapters i believe is the math on that and he said, how'd you get that back? Well, I took the number of, uh, of chapters in the Bible, divided about the number of days in the year, and that's what it gave me. And I believe that's right. It always seems to work out. Now, what I do personally is I catch up in the book of Romans, uh, and in the shorter books of the Bible, sometimes there'll be, you know, three chapters, and I'll go ahead, or four chapters, I'll read my three for the day, then I'll read that extra one. But listen, the best Bible reading plan is the one that you'll use. So whatever you're using, or whatever you will use, please use that. So, now, uh, without, you know... <sighs> Without going further, uh, we're going to finish this study in the book of Romans. Uh, Romans chapter 16, verse 25. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations, according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith, to God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Now, what a remarkable chapter this is. Those are the closing words uh, of the chapter, of 16th chapter of the book of Romans. But before you get there, there are some things that, that as I was reading and studying this chapter that, that stuck out to me more so than they had. And maybe it's because something we've experienced. We'll talk about that a little bit. But man, in this chapter, as he begins, Paul greets at least 26 people by name. And then there's two saints, people he, he mentions. He doesn't really offer their names for whatever reason. Uh, he greeted several churches that were meeting in homes. He closed this, he closed this letter by greeting a non-believers, or, 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 offering greetings to the readers from non-believers who were with him in Corinth when he wrote the letter. 
Man, you say, well, what's all that mean? What's, what's the big deal about that? Well, it reminds us uh, of our connection another and how uh, one another and how we should be working uh, with one another. I, I thought about I, I thought about uh, a good bit uh, since I started preparing for this podcast about how we talk about and, and use words of connection and family and everything, and yet uh, somehow we just fall short of that. Let me give you an example. Uh, the church that uh, that Kathy and I were saved in, uh, baptized in, uh, served on our in our first staff position, and were uh, a member of when our baby girl was born, who's you know still our baby girl. Uh, one of the, one of the songs they sang all the time was "Family of God." <laughs> we sing it all the time. <laughs> I'm so proud to be part of the family of God. I can I can still hear that. I remember that. Our, our pastor apparently, I, I assume, liked that song. I don't know if he instructed uh, whoever's doing the music. Uh, like a lot of times, a lot of churches, we had several people do the music, so it wasn't just one guy uh, who, or one individual who did it. Every time we got somebody, they sang that song a lot. I'm so proud to be part of the family of God. And it was a message that should have been listened to and heeded. I'm not sure that it was, but it was important. Then think about terms and phrases that we use. Church family, brothers and sisters, sheep, flock, and children of God. And there are there are many others, and in this letter, Paul mentions a great deal. Well, it all gets down to the fact that we're family, we're connected, and while we may not be able to continue being around or with one another, that family connection is not broken. Uh, earlier in the week, Kathy and I went to our home church where we uh, you know, really have been gone for 32 years. And, and, and they, they don't meet in the building that was there when we were there because, you know, God bless that they've built a beautiful building. Uh, and the building that Kathy and I spent most of our days worshiping in, uh, it is now used for youth, I think, or different events. And then the building we were married in is no longer there. Uh, but we, so it's been a long time, and uh, but we've been gone 32 years and had to go back. I guess had to is not the right word to use. We went back for a week. And uh, a, a friend of ours, uh, somebody who I will always remember because of the testimony of the night that they joined the church, uh, had passed away this past week. And we wanted to go uh, just remember our friend and, and speak to her dear husband as well, who was one of our deacons at, at Greenville Springs Baptist Church. And when I left Greenville Springs Baptist Church, uh, that summer, uh, 32 years ago, uh, I, we were fixing to go to camp with our young people. And um, I was going to go, but I told them, I said, listen, I'm going to go. And camp is one of those places that kind of pulls you together, pulls you in. And I, I thought if somebody else would go, it would be better for the youth group, better for them. Yeah, because obviously I wouldn't, you know, uh, that next Sunday I was going to be uh, preaching somewhere else. And, and he, uh, while it wasn't in his wheelhouse necessarily, he went, our daughter Chrissy went with that group. That was the last thing she did with that church as a, as an official family member. And uh, I remember that going to pick her up and what a, what a difference it was, but we were still family and connected. And I'll always remember him stepping up to do that. And he did a great job. We've always appreciated him filling in. Well, we went back and, and we wondered who would know us, if anyone would know us. Well, we knew a couple would. Uh, there's been a dear man that we have stayed connected to for years uh, because of his kindness and grace. And he was part of that family we had so long ago. He, he, uh, he did a lot of things for us. Uh, he bought me a suit when I got ready to get out of seminary. Long story about that. 
uh, he also, when Caleb was born and came home, he was Caleb's very first phone call. Yeah. <laughs> He said, Caleb, I don't know, when he come home, three days old, he calls Caleb and, and wanted to speak to Master Caleb Smith. <laughs> and so we've been, uh, well, we've been more than friends for a long, long time. They'll see each other all the time. And so we go in and, and we had talked about, will anybody remember who we are? Will anybody know us? And, 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 and true, when we walked in, <laughs> the, the first people that had no clue who we were, uh, our friend had a very important job years ago. He'd been retired for a while. He, he worked for a big uh, firm, I'll just say that way. And so there were people there. And, uh, I don't know how many went to go to church at Greenville Springs now. I don't know how many, you know, knew him from that. But we didn't see many familiar faces before we first walked in, which is kind of what we expected. And we went early because we figured the people that we didn't know would be, if, if there were any that would still know us, they would be early. Uh, we walked in the church and right off the bat, uh, a dear lady knew us and spoke to us and took me a moment to realize who she was, uh, thinking, and then uh, one after another, uh, we would meet. I uh, saw one of the young ladies who was in the children's department, whereas I worked with children and youth when I was at Greenville Springs, who's now been in the sheriff's department, I think she said 13 years, 15 years or whatever, and uh, gosh, grown so much, and joy to see her and her mom. And, uh, saw the son of the lady we'd gone to. Uh, meet the wake at and uh, well, what a girl, you know, young man he is now and and saw her beautiful daughter down front and saw another lady uh, that we had seen, gosh, over 30 years and she we recognized her instantly and she recognized us and I could go on and on but all these things just reminded us that we are family. Now, we don't see each other every day and uh, several of us, hey, we think about y'all, we pray for y'all, that kind of stuff and well, it reminds us that we are family. And as Paul wrote uh, this letter, there's a reminder about relationships that we have and, and how they're important, how they need to be important. And I'm just going to take some words that he uses this morning. And uh, of course, it'll be morning when I make this. I don't know when you'll listen to it. Uh, but just kind of talk about the significance, importance of those words and the connection they make with us. Paul begins in verse 3 about Priscilla and Aquila, and he calls them fellow workers. Uh, you know something, let me tell you something, church, we need to work together. Uh, we don't need to be divided against one another. We don't need to be, you know, against one another. We don't need to be doing our thing and, and, and they doing their thing. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to walk and go to the same places and have this. That doesn't mean all that. What this means is, the bottom line is, we're working together for the for the glory of God, for the good of people, and the growth of our local church, if we're the members of the same church. Uh, and then Paul, in, in verse 5, he, he, he greets Epaphroditus, and I don't know how you pronounce that name. I'm from Macomb, Mississippi. We didn't have people with that kind of name when I was there. But my beloved, and what a fascinating phrase to use. And Paul is reminding us that there should be, well, there should be love and a connection. Um, I, I'm just going to tell you something. It is important in a church that there is love. Love for one another. Uh, one of the things that's missing in today's church is love. Oh, we have, you know, great music. We have, you know, all these fantastic preachers. Uh, but when you go in, the church is cold because there's not love for one another. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. That's what John said. And here is, uh, here is Paul as he... He refers to this person, you and I don't know, even though we've read the Bible, we don't know a lot about him. But Paul knew him, and he talked to him, and he referred to him as being loved. And then there's, um, 
uh, there's another comment about this individual. He's the first fruits. The first, uh, he was the first person saved in Achaia. Uh, first person brought to Christ. And there ought to be people in the church we can look at and say, oh yeah, I was here or, or I played a role and you know, I've taught them or, or maybe I even led them to the Lord. I was nightly celebrated uh, with him. Some years ago, I, I, I tried to start something that um, I never had much luck getting started and unfortunately I had to give up. But we baptized a young man, and what I did that day, and I only got to do it that once, it just, ah, when you're a pastor, you baptize, it's hard to, you know, and you, it was hard to get other people to follow through and get done. But for that particular young man, what we did on that day was pass around a paper uh, uh, that would match the, it was the same color the baptism certificate was going to be, pass around a paper and had everybody there sign it so that when he got his baptismal certificate, he also got uh, a, a list of signatures of people who were there showing that connection, showing that, that they were celebrating with his decision. Uh, a Greek Mary who labored much for us, a person who worked and served. Um, there should be people, there ought to be people in our life that we see who encourage us, who, who do things for us, things with us, who, who put themselves out and, and, and exert energy uh, to help us. Um, and then there's, in, in verse 7, there's some names, I, I'm not very good at pronouncing, but Paul talks about countrymen. Uh, some people think that they were related. I don't know if they were related or just uh, fellow uh, Israelites and Jews who were, you know, who, who came to Christ, whatever. But they were also his fellow prisoners. And there was that connection of, well, we're in this together. We have been in jail. We've been in prison. We're in this together. Oh, my God. And then Paul uses another term uh, of these. So there are note among the, uh, the apostles who also are in Christ before me. Uh, there's some discussion and debate whether Paul was uh, speaking of apostles in the big term, you know, um, Peter and John and Matthew and that group, or, or in a little term, just other guys who have come to Christ and become leaders of the church, you know, messengers of God, which is really what the, the word means, whoever. But um, then there is another... Another one in, in verse 8, Amplius, uh, who is beloved in the Lord. And, and then there's another fellow worker, Urbanus, and then Statius, and who's also beloved. And then Apelles, who's approved in Christ. You know, you, you don't know why Paul used these so many different terms to describe these people. But I think it was just an encouragement. As I think about this Urbanus, I think, well, maybe he struggled. And maybe his life was difficult. And maybe, and maybe some people rejected him and, and and for this letter which stands to the test of time uh well uh, Apelles, i should say uh, was approved in christ and, and then there are those of the household of aristobulus and and a reminder that you know they are together is there brother danny you're just reading all these names and these phrases but is there a point there is we should be connected uh, we should we should have these these feelings of of love and, and, and devotion to Christ, but also a love and a devotion for and a commitment to people that we serve with, people that we work with, even if we don't see them every day, even if we're not with them anymore, even, uh, you know, even if you go 32 years <laughs> without seeing some. I, I told you about the man who uh, gave Caleb his first phone call, bought me a suit. I'll never forget uh, the Sunday night. This, this, this is a connection for us that will never be broken. Uh, I preached a sermon. Now, back in those days, my pastor uh, often had illnesses 
that um, got ill and it would strike suddenly. And, um, and I would have to preach without, without any warning. And, um, and I, did, <laughs> I did that a number of times. I used to know how many, but I don't anymore. Well, one day my pastor had to done one of those things. And so it fell on me to, to walk in and preach the morning sermon and then uh, to preach the nighttime sermon. And uh, that night as I was preaching the second sermon, and I had no, usually when I got through preaching, I had no clue what I said and neither did the people, I'm sure. But, but the nighttime sermon, I had a little while to prepare. And I decided to preach a sermon on letting people do what God leads them to do, encouraging them to, you know, to fulfill uh, what, what God wants them or asks them to do. And uh, I don't know what the sermon was. I don't know if it was any good. I, I, I don't have it anymore. Uh, anywhere, as far as I know, a lot of that stuff's been lost and ruined and things like that. But uh, I'll never forget, he, he came down, they said he came down to the church and came down the aisle after the sermon and greeted me. And he, just, he didn't say it was a good sermon or a bad sermon. He didn't say he liked it or didn't like it. You know, I guess he didn't want to lie to the preacher. Uh, but uh, he looked at me and said, do you believe what you preach? <laughs> I said, well, yeah, I believe what I preach. So I preach it. Uh, he said, okay, I'll see you tomorrow at three. Be here. I said, well, wait a minute, what? He said, just be here at 3 o'clock. I'm going to come get you. We're going somewhere. And I said, he said, no, if you believe what you preach, you'll be here at 3. So I didn't know. He walked off, and I thought, okay. So tomorrow, tomorrow, the next day, 3 o'clock, I I was at church. He came in. I walked in the office and said, come on, get my my vehicle. And it was a truck. So I got in the truck, and we started driving. And I, you know, so we're talking. And so I said, where are we going? And we were far enough from the church. I could walk by. (laughs) He said, uh, we're going, and he named where we were going, and he said, uh, I'm going to buy you a suit. And I said, oh, no, oh, no, <laughs> you're not going to buy me a suit. Uh, I didn't have a suit. Everybody knew, everybody grew up speaking to it. I didn't have a suit anywhere. <laughs> I never wore a suit. Well, at the time, I'd done no weddings. I really hadn't done any funerals, um, intended funerals. I don't think I'd preached one yet. But I didn't have a suit, and I hadn't even thought about a suit. He said, come on, we'll buy you a suit. So we argued about it, and he finally, a little bit, and I say argued, you know, banter back and forth, and he finally said, hey, do you believe what you preach? <laughs> and I remembered he asked me that the night before, and I said, yeah. He said, then I'm going to buy you a suit. And I said, okay, because he was telling me this is the thing God had laid on his heart for him to do. So we get to the place where um, they sell suits. <laughs> I've never, you know, been in a suit-selling place like that. Uh, an area where they sell suits. So what I did was I went to the bargain racket, bracket, uh, uh, rack, whatever, and uh, was going to find, you know, the cheapest suit I could find. He came over and said, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. The Lord's told me to buy you a suit. I'm going to buy you a suit. I'm gonna, you got to get one that's got to get altered and all this kind of stuff. I said, no. And we got in that banter again, and it was, do you believe what you preach? It was, well, Yeah. And he said, well, come on. So I went, and sure enough, we got a suit. And that suit, uh, even today, long worn out, long not been able to wear, uh, still reminds me we need to believe what we preach. That's always been a dear man in my life. He'll always be a dear man. His family is very dear to us. But the lesson he taught me about believing what we preach is one I've never forgotten. And when it comes to church work and church life, We need to believe what we preach. And one of the things that we preach is that we are the family of God. That we are connected to one another. That we love God and love one another. And the other night I was reminded as I stepped in that church and saw people I'd not seen in 30 plus years. We are the family of God.
connected to, love one another, even if we've kind of forgotten what we look like. And even if life has taken us down a road we didn't expect, we are the family of God. So, do you believe what you preach? I hope that you do. And I hope that you love your church and love your church family and that you understand that we are connected. God bless you. This has been DK Ministries Proclaiming the Word Podcast. I am Danny Smith, your Bible teacher for DK Ministries. And you can contact us at dspreacherman at gmail.com. All our case, we'd love to hear from you. dspreacherman at gmail.com. All lowercase. Don't forget, we have the daily devotional thought on on our Facebook page. We'd love to have you uh, listen in. We'd love to hear you. Uh, we'd love to have your comments about that. Today, we even had some prayer requests sent in. Didn't know you could do that, but we had some prayer requests sent in while I was talking, and so we prayed for those, and so uh, that was a different experience for us. But anyway, we believe what we preach. We are family, the family of God. God bless you, and we will see you next time.